Yo, what's good, everybody? And this week's episode is brought to you by our amazing partners over at Manscaped. Guys, Manscaped is the number one company for men's below-the-belt grooming, and I am a huge fan of Manscaped. Guys, you know here at The Roommates, we're always giving you all the tools and resources to level up and become the best version of yourself physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially, and Manscaped is helping you guys take care of it physically. <laughs> guys, Manscaped has... The perfect package 3.0. I'm telling you, every single guy needs to get himself the perfect package 3.0 because know what it has, guys? It has a lawnmower. 3.0. Yes, yes, yes. One of my favorite products, guys, because a lawnmower 3.0 is going to manscape you with elegance, with precision, with crisp and every single guy should be manscaped guys it is not the year 1980s anymore you know what i mean bushes are no longer in guys trim the tree and it'll be a little bit taller <laughs> so guys go ahead and go to manscaped.com use the offer code the roommates and you'll get 20 percent off plus free shipping yes guys use the offer code the roommates at checkout um, I'll give you guys that offer code in the description below. You will thank me later. And let's get to this week's episode. This week on the Roommates Podcast. Right. And part of it is because when a man says, I'm not getting enough sex, the woman feels bad. And she feels, she gets defensive right away. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I told you I'm not. But that's that's really not good communication for her either. Mm -hmm. she, it would be much better if she said, let's talk about it. Mm. But they're not because now it's already become contentious. Mm. When sex gets contentious, nobody gets paid. Everybody, Chris the star of the show, baby. What up, what up, what up, everybody? Back in Houston, Texas. Yes, it's been yes. a very, very long time. Have I been in Houston this year? No, you have not. Okay, wow. So no, actually, you have. You have been one time at uh, at Nick's Spot where we did um, that one episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The exactly. biting got kicked me out the cookout, something like that. <laughs> That's what it was called. Biting kicked me out the cookout. That's what it was. Yeah. So, guys, we're back in Houston, Texas. Yes. I decided to fly back in Houston, Texas because mm. we have a tradition here in The Roommates. Every year. Every year. <laughs> Since the inception, we have brought in one of the world's yes. greatest yes. therapists. One of my favorite people. One of oh, our favorite people. <laughs> She's beautiful. You guys, She's intelligent. You guys love the messages because she is what I call a man whisperer. <laughs> she just understands what men are going through, and she loves to provide tangible solutions. So, guys, please welcome back to the show the one and only Mary Jo Routine. You yes. guys, yeah. oh, you make me so happy. You touch my heart. I'm really flattered. Thank Mary you. Mary Jo, we gave you a good six feet of social distancing. Yeah, because <laughs> you know I'm worried about this thing. Yeah. It's, no, it's so very real. crazy, you yeah, know, and real. I have to be careful. Yes, I understand that completely, yeah. Mary. So, Mary, how has this year been for you? Well, actually, I've, you know, with every catastrophe, and there have been because I've been part of helping people pass from this life, 
families have lost family members. There's been a lot more anxiety, a lot more depression. But in the relationship year, this has been a real year of growth because not only do my clients come in with growth problems and they're seeing issues in the relationship that they pushed under the rugs before, now everything is, I I keep thinking COVID put it all out on the table Mm. for us. And you got to deal. And I've learned things in my own relationship with my husband, like how much space we need, (laughs) (laughs) that I need time away too. And so I've, I've realized that if I get out of town once a month, I feel really good. That seems to kind of get my energy back and um, restores me. But I, I've really loved work more this year because I'm Zooming and people are in the comfort of their home. Mm-hmm. And wherever they are, I get to go there. So I find that it's a little bit more intimate. And, okay. because, and that trust they extend to me with that intimacy is really neat. Okay, so... Let's jump into it, Mary. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's jump let's into go. it. So you sent me a DM a couple of weeks back, and you said that you've been having a lot of male clients mm-hmm. come to you about temptation. Right. And you said that you've been learning a lot about temptation when it comes to men and also tangible solutions that you've learned have been extremely helpful for men in temptation. So in regards to just some of these male clients who've been coming to you in regards to this temptation – what exactly are, are they asking you about when they reach out to you? Well, I think everybody wants, like, when they're feeling tempted and they don't really want to cheat. Sorry, no, Mary Jo, real quick. Are they single or are they married or in a relationship? They're, the ones that are mostly concerned are the ones that are in a relationship. Okay, cool. And when they feel tempted, they know what they're doing is something wrong or mm. they feel it is. And, and it is because you shouldn't do that kind of stuff behind somebody else's back. But because men have continued to tell men stories and tell them, oh, you know, it's in your DNA. Of course you feel like cheating. Everybody feels like cheating. But it's worse for men. Men keep refeeding themselves that line. And most men, if they're honest with themselves, will say, hey, listen, if I make a promise to someone, has no no difference what if it's in my DNA or what I've heard, I made a promise and it's important that I value that because otherwise I'm just a you know, I'm just like everybody else. Like you can't trust me, can't trust myself. I make a promise and then and everybody's tempted. Women are tempted too for different reasons than men are. But I think men in the past have gotten off because I think there is a myth around men that they really do have sexual urges that are out of control, and you've got to, you know, soothe those. But you, every man I know of has hands, and he can soothe himself anytime <laughs> he wants. He doesn't have to go out and hand. be tempted. And so I think ruling that and owning that authority over yourself and that honesty that, yes, I've heard that I have, you know, more of a need for it, and I, I'm wired more for it. Come on, you're wired for a lot of things. No man is wired to put a tux on and go to an opera, Mm -hmm. but they do it. Mm -hmm. And they do it because they love someone and they value their integrity. They say, I'll go, I'll go. 
So where's this temptation coming from? Because, you know, I, I would assume that because of these times, everyone's locked in and have nowhere to go. Like, is, is it messages? Is it old high school flings and Facebook? Like, what's going on? I think everybody's more desperate. And mm. especially the more they're working from home, they need an escape. They're sick of it. Maybe they're with someone and they're looking online. They're scrolling. A lot of people struggle with porn addictions, with just going back to their old habits. I just wonder what is out there. That's kind of stuff. It starts with that kind of inner dialogue. I just wonder what's out there. And then you're scrolling through your messages and, oh, you notice somebody happened to message you. And then you just respond to it. And it just, everything builds on an idea, something that came into your head. You create a fantasy for it. And then before you know it, you're actually seeking it. And what keeps it going is is the rationalizations you make to yourself. So how do men stop that inception, like that idea that comes in their mind and, you know, plant that seeds and grow? So how do they stop that from happening? Well, I think there's a lot of things they can do. For one thing, you can distract yourself. For You can start, you know, you can say different words to yourself. You can recognize that thought as just an old irrational friend you can stop hanging out with people who are around you that kind of feed that message that to be a guy you have to bang as many women as you can because we know that isn't true and um and also i think just doing things like when you get that urge what else could you possibly channel that into i've seen a lot of men that rise above it they end up doing things for communities and getting involved in projects, building greenhouses. I have a guy right now who is like building a brewing, like a place to brew beer in his backyard. And it all started with these ideas that he was bored. I think a lot of people, when they get bored, they start looking at what else is out there. Or if they've got someone that they're with that doesn't want sexual intimacy anymore or or maybe the emotional intimacy they need they'll start telling themselves they deserve more and they'll start making themselves more available to temptations. So one of the books I was reading recently is a book called His Needs, Her Needs, and Mm -hmm. it talks about the unique um, desires in a relationship that men have and the unique desires that women have. One of the things they talk about is sexual fulfillment. So my question is that is, is it possible that some of these guys who are struggling Is it because there is a lack of sexual fulfillment in their relationships? And if the answer is true, then what can a man do if he's in a relationship like that where he doesn't feel like he's being sexually fulfilled? Well, you know, sexual sexuality in general is it, it becomes it's part of the brain. I mean, honestly, if you can think and you can communicate your needs well. Most of my male clients that aren't getting sex enough or they complain about it, their communication skills are really poor. Okay. Like they're not able to open up and they're not able to talk to their partner in a way that their partner understands. Men and women talk very differently. And guys don't ever say, I just feel unworthy. I feel like I'm ugly. I feel like you don't desire me. I feel like you're repulsed by me. Do I stink or am I not taking care of myself? Men will never ask that because men are afraid to ask that. But Mary Jo, can can a man ask that question? Oh, absolutely. If a man isn't getting sex, he better ask that. You goddamn right. Because (laughs) if he doesn't, then he's never, it's never. Men assume a certain 
priority that when they get married, they will get have sex. It's part of the whole idea that I do this for you and you do this for me. But that's not healthy sex, and that won't last in a relationship. You're much better off if you marry a partner or you end up with a partner, a long-term partner, and you say, what's important to me, I love the way you have sex with me, and then identify that. Like if you have a partner who takes that apart and says, what what part of it is really special? They might actually have a technique you do that feels really good, or it might just be the feeling they're getting from that. And there's six forms of intimacy. Sex, the physical sexuality, the release is only one of them. But what, what kind of a man would be successful getting sex if he only wants that and he's not willing to please his partner. Okay, Mary Jo. <laughs> How deep are we going to go? <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> well, I just want to make that clear because yeah. I think it's very, I think there's so much miscommunication in sex. And, and that particular question comes up all the time. I'm not getting enough sex. Well, when I ask them, tell me about sex for you, they get all embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And, and their partner says, yeah, tell me too, mm-hmm. because I've never heard you say it. So basically, you, you're feeling as though there's not a healthy line of sexual communication between the genders, and that's what's causing a lot of sexual dysfunction in these relationships and the lack of sexual desires met because they can't even talk about the issue amongst themselves. Right, and part of it is because when a man says, I'm not getting enough sex, the woman feels bad. And she feels, she gets defensive right away. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I told you I'm not, but that's that's really not good communication for her either. Mm-hmm. She, it would be much better if she said, let's talk about it. Mm. But they're not, because now it's already become contentious. Mm. When sex gets contentious, nobody gets laid. <laughs> and if they do, it doesn't feel good. Exactly. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to tell you a fear of mine. Yeah, okay. All right, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest here. So I I don't want that issue at all in my marriage. Like, I don't mm. want my woman to desire me 24-7 <laughs> to the point where I want to be like, nah, you got to chill. <laughs> so I feel like if, if, it's, if it's hard for a woman to get herself to have sex with a guy, I feel like that can be an issue. And I feel like, most men, we have to understand that if you are dating somebody that's not really sexually desirous towards you, I feel like that could that has to be pointed out, and we have to maybe even walk away from that. So I'm curious of your thoughts. Like, if a woman that has to talk herself or get in the mood to actually, you know, get in the bed with you, do you see that as an issue? I do and I don't. And the reason is because women's sex life is very hard to pin down. Women get sexual um satisfaction from a lot of different sources for men it's usually penetration you a guy gets penetration and he feels great but for a woman that's not always true and because of women the stages they go through sometimes sex is painful like after childbirth it may be due to just birthing the child it may be due to during perimenopause that usually happens in the late 30s Many women have trouble with lubrication. They don't have the same sex hormones. And at that point, the the vaginal tissue actually can get um, atrophied and atrophied. And so 
it hurts. Mm. And if it hurts, she's not going to want to have sex. And many times she won't tell the man, the, her partner that it hurts. She'll just lay there and bear it, which makes it 10 times worse because then she's never going to have sex again. But once again, if he can't talk to her, if it's all about him just having sex, it probably doesn't feel as good to him either. Yeah. But because he wants that so bad, he will have sex with her, and then it, and then she'll start to resent him. Yeah, because because yeah. one of the things I've heard is that a lot of women have communicated in regards to affection. Mm-hmm. They don't want to tell the guy to be affectionate. They don't yes. want to tell the guy to buy her flowers. They don't want to tell the guy to tell to say that I'm beautiful. They don't want to tell the guy to say that I love you and to hug them and to kiss them. And I feel like the same thing is true for men with sex. I feel like men don't want to have to tell a woman, hey, I want you to want me. Hey, I want you to rip my clothes off. Hey, I want you to you know, give me that special, you know, thing with you know that you do on Sunday evenings. They don't want to communicate those things. So what do you talk, what do you tell couples who are dealing with that where both parties don't feel like Let's focus on men right now. Right. Where the man doesn't feel like he wants to have to tell the woman to want to satisfy him sexually. I Well, first of all, it's the same thing I tell women, that hinting never works. Mm. Because women, that turns women on when men are vulnerable. But this is the problem I've seen with men. Men are raised in a way that to be vulnerable is considered to be weak or feminine. And, and men have an idea that showing any weakness no longer makes them masculine. And they know women want a masculine guy. Very true. So guys have to do a duel. Like, they have to understand, especially with society now, because I actually see society really changing, mm. that men have got to take the crap they heard, and I call it crap because it's just men saying, oh, you know... You want to pin as many as you can or all the different things they say. You want to score with as many as you can. It, that's what a man is or man up. That kind of verbiage is actually hurting our men. What we want is we want a man to be strong in his sense of who he is, in his integrity, in giving his word, in keeping his honor. But we want him to be emotional, which we don't see as feminine. Okay, can you break that down? Because I know a lot of guys hearing that right now, Mm -hmm. that's the reason why they're watching this podcast, because they were emotional, the girl left them, the girl was interested in them. So what do you mean by women want men to be emotional? Women want men to be vulnerable with them. And what I'm saying is when couples are no longer able, when they don't want, when they want their partner to read their mind, already they've lost an essential part of their true intimacy, the connection. Because when you're really intimate with someone, you want to tell them that stuff. Like you want to tell them, I want flowers. You want to tell them, I liked my balls licked. Whatever it is, you want to say those things. You want to say them because you trust your partner that they're going to want to do that for you. If you stop being able to tell your partner exactly what you want, then you've lost a main form of what I consider intimate communication. So that so it was a disconnect from the beginning. Then. It was a disconnect from somewhere along the line. There is an unresolved issue, mm. and it and it hurt. It it hurt either the guy 
or the woman, and now they're both just reacting to it. So a lot of my therapy is taking stuff apart. Like I will say a typical session, when's the last time the two of you remember being really intimate and happy together? The majority of them say over at least five years ago. Wow. Sometimes it's 10. Wow. And then I'll say at what point, and usually they're spot on. They remember it. Really, but it was so painful they can't go back to it. Okay, so so let's go let's let's go back to it. Okay, <laughs> okay. So so five years ago, ten years ago, what was going on at that time which made the intimacies at the at its highest point? It was something. Well, they were getting along. They were talking about what they wanted. They felt close. They felt supported by each other. They felt as though when their partner held them, their partner would please them. They felt. Like no, nobody else could ever replace them in that relationship. And then something happens. And it happens to one partner, but the other one reacts to the reaction of the partner. Mm. And that's when it starts dividing. What, and what usually happens? Well, the more they divide, the less they communicate about what they want because they start, their mind starts telling them, you won't get it anyway, so don't talk about it. Because when you talk about it, it only makes you more frustrated and more lonely and more hurt. Mm. And so they they just don't say it anymore. A guy who knows his partner loves flowers and he doesn't get them or he forgets to get them is a guy who's not getting sex. Mm. Or if he is, it's because he begs for it. Mm. I'm not begging for it. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you know something your partner likes and you withhold it, it usually means that that you're not communicating well. So what started first, him, uh, her not getting flowers or, or, or him not getting sex? Well, I don't know. It, what happened first is some emotional pain that one of them said to another. Mm. That may not have been related to either sex or anything. Mm. So basically what you're what you've experienced is that everything is going well, they're healthy, they're happy, they're communicating, but then something happens where something is said and one of the parties is hurt. And then whenever one of the parties is hurt, that party now withholds something from the other party, which then the other party withholds what they desire as well. Exactly. But it's not done if it were done so clearly then they could intercept it. And one of them, the more emotionally mature one, or the one who who had the ability to maybe extend more grace, I don't know what else to call it, would say, listen, you know, we're really messing up. We're going way off track. You know, it's interesting because when we look at what causes divorce and Gottman, the, group, the Gottman group have done a lot of research on this, and they say it's um, contentiousness in the relationship. But it's a pattern of continued. Mm. That's all there is. So that means that any couple can intervene in that at any time and still save the relationship. So when we do this podcast in a way, we're doing that intervention for people. We're saying, stop it. Mm -hmm. Just stop what you're doing and let's go back a little bit and let's redo, let's let's talk about what's really hurting. Mm. Because if you say what's really hurting is I'm not getting laid anymore and you act like you don't want to ever lay with me, um, what hurts about that? What does that signify for you? Hmm. Because honestly, you do have hands and you do have ways of relieving yourself. 
It's so, not the same. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> it's not the same, and that's what I need couples to get at. Mm. What makes this person different? Mm. Because that's exactly what they need to hear. Hmm. Communication is just so important. Oh, it's so important. And, and I think a lot of times people are raised it with religions. And religions can make sex sound nasty. Depending on which faith base you are and what your parents told you, it can seem like you're doing something wrong. It can seem nasty. And that also interferes in relationships. And many times part of the reason my couples don't want to talk about sex is because they just they have this idea that it's nasty or it's just to procreate but but that's not i mean sexuality is a very important part of the overall intimacy and it's important to men but it's important to women too because what do women do when they go through a divorce after they've grieved it after they've gone through the stage of you know making sure the the kiddos are okay and and everything else they have to do. Most women I know will start getting in shape. Oh, they'll get in shape. They'll start eating healthy. They'll start doing all this stuff. And why? Because they want to dress nice. Why would they want to dress nice? They want to attract another partner, and they're going to have sex with that partner. So how 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 can Okay. <laughs> so it is important. Yeah. People who, men who say, which it's just not as important to women as it is to men, you are kidding yourself. And so one of the things that it sounds like to me is that there is a desire issue. Because I, yes. I truly see, like you said, when a woman genuinely desires a man, she's going to be working out. She's going to be trying to get in shape. And she's going to love to enjoy sex with him. So one of the biggest things I tell guys is you want to make sure if you're picking a partner, have a woman who genuinely desires you. And so to me. But you have to make them desire you. Okay. Yeah, you got to be because, the man. Yes. You've got to be the man. And that man is not a closed off emotional. When, you, when men date. I see them. They come in my office and they've got their girlfriend with them and they're just like so loving and they hold, they're holding hands and they're saying stuff like, okay, yeah, you're, you know, they'll, they're just so different. And then they get married and they identify their job as providing. And it is, I mean, for many men, that is how they were raised. That's their job. But it's important that you don't prioritize the pro- that project over the one you have at home. And women women just feel like they're not a priority. And women do it to men. They're always with their girlfriends. They're on their phones. They're sending pictures of shoes and stuff like that. And, I mean, that should all be with their man. Mm. He should be interested in their shoes and what they're wearing because <laughs> that's how he's going to have sex. So what, in your opinion... What is it that men do that cultivates this passionate sexual desire in women from your personal experience? From my personal experience, it's as much as they can share about how they feel, about things she says and does, huh. and different sensitivities. Do you and he has to look the part. Okay. Okay. Because he shows up and he's all – he just – is disheveled and he's insecure and he's passive. I mean, 
yeah, they probably would still like you to share, but because yeah. I think I think what Fees is asking is more of like an initial, like the beginning stages. Yeah, I do feel like you are absolutely correct when you know three, four, five thousand years down the line. Yeah, the more vulnerable you are, the better. But right. like initially, what do you feel like uh, the answer? I is? think the majority of women want to know a guy's in control of mm. himself and and his words. Mm. So like that, and and to me that seems like you said it previously. That's a strong masculine um, lead, you know. Like you said, the idea of I control my life, I'm leading my life, I have my life in control, and and I can lead you healthily in this relationship. Yes, it's it's a it's a it's a masculine, and re- rather than the word strong, I'm going to say integrity, okay. because integrity comes through as a strength. Men haven't been raised to think with integrity. Because men have given in to, to crap other men have told them. But integrity is owning your own power. And it's knowing, like I th- always think of it as a unified man. Like he's got God in the right place. He's got his mind in the right place. He's got his body in the right place. Mm. And when he says something, I listen because I, tr- I automatically trust him. Mm. I love that point. Trust is really important. Yeah. I remember somebody once said, like, you know a woman genuinely desires you when if you guys were um, going skydiving, you could pack her parachute in her bag and she wouldn't double check it. Right. Because she trusts you that much to know that you're going to do everything in your power to make sure that she's safe. But the moment that you pack it and now she's going through it to make sure everything is all right, it's showing that somewhere down the line she's lost trust in your ability to keep her safe and to, and to protect her. Right. And, I mean, if we really want to take apart biology, those are the qualities, men's integrity and their protective stance. That's what women have always have always, has always turned women on about men, that they felt like this man had integrity and was going to protect them mm. and keep them safe. And so when a man loses that, then she might play with a guy. He might become a recreational sex buddy, mm. but he's not going to become someone who really turns her on and she's like, I will do anything to keep like to keep this relationship intact. Yeah, I like that energy. <laughs> yeah. Let's stay there. Yeah. <laughs> Where the woman is turned on and she's doing everything to, to keep the relationship. What are some of the things that put her in that position? Well, I think once again, when guys, when their words match their behaviors, mm-hmm. when they seem um, like they own themselves, like they have self-discipline, a guy who says, well, tomorrow I've got a you know, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to do this, you know, 10-mile run. They actually do it. They don't sleep in. And she doesn't have to call him to wake mm. him up. And um, Or a guy who plans a date mm-hmm. and actually plans it. Yeah. And that means if she has a child, he's sure that she has care for that kid. Mm. A guy that basically shows up for her. Yeah. And when he's, he's true, like, he doesn't talk about, like, he doesn't talk to her friends without her there he keeps his boundaries mm-hmm. so the the man of the word is that I, I love that you brought that up um because like you said it, it also goes true when it comes to boundaries right yes so like i think sometimes what um a lot of the guys i struggle with i call them the nice guys they struggle with boundaries and one of the reasons why they struggle with boundaries is that occasionally let's say you know someone disrespects them there no doesn't mean no 
And when a person feels like your no doesn't mean no, then they keep on pushing the boundaries, keep on walking all over you. And that's when I feel like when, when a woman knows that I can walk over a man, she now loses some of that sexual desire and an interest in them. Have you mm-hmm. seen that to be true as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think of integrity as having really good boundaries. Mm. And that's not only boundaries with between you and the woman, but that's boundaries with their friends too. Mm. A lot of guys will forfeit their partner for their friends. Like they, they might have a strong boundary in the relationship they form, but they don't with their buddies. Mm. Their buddies can just come in anytime. Mm. And they're like, well, you know, my buddies, they're my brothers and they can come anytime. But that's really not keeping a relationship sacred. Mm. And it makes it makes her start trusting you less. Mm. And trust is one of those things, you know, if you have it, you don't want to sacrifice it. Because it's a long time. Can you explain boundaries just a little bit more in detail? Like when you say like somebody has a home, are you talking about like men just coming in and out the house as his friends? Or are you talking about like boundaries with her and her friends and his relationship with her friends? I love that, Chris. It, it's with everything. Like I think the couple has, when it, when a couple becomes exclusive and they are together, then the most important thing is they have a boundary around the two of them. Because if you don't trust that boundary, then you can never really be as sexual or carefree or fun as you can be if you really trust that other person. So boundaries are things like you don't tell other people what each other says. You don't, you know, you don't share photos, especially photos that could hurt your partner on social media. You don't tell other people weird things she says or sensitive things. Let's say she's afraid of, I don't know, elevators. You wouldn't go and tell everybody else, hey, she's afraid of elevators. You would protect that. If she confided that in you, you would be honest about that. And then I think that boundary is very important. You can have a boundary with your buddies, and she can have a boundary with her girlfriends, but it's important that they understand that boundary with the girlfriends does not come in with the friends. Like, if she has a fight with you, she doesn't go to her girlfriends and tell them about Mm -hmm. it, unless she talks to you and says, do you mind if I ask so-and-so what they think, Mm -hmm. if you guys have an objective front? But that would really be crazy. Because friends are never objective. You'd almost, you know, if you talk to a parent or something that you you knew loved both you guys, that would be different. But I think when boundaries are kept, kept sacred, because one thing we do know about women's sexuality is for a woman to really let go and have good sex, she needs to escape where she's at. Mm-hmm. And she will never feel like she can escape with somebody who can't take care of her. Mm. And I think that's in a lot of the long-term relationships we've seen. Guys guys have started prioritizing other things like money, like work, like status. And they so their partner never feels like she can really be sexy again. That's why when you go to a hotel, you have wild sex because she's escaping. And she's – but she's going to take ownership of protecting herself because she doesn't trust you anymore. Mm. So you just said something that's interesting because you said guys were focusing on providing and building status Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I've actually heard that those things cultivate sexual desires because if a woman feels like a man provides for her financially, she's not stressed about the bills, it keeps her more comfortable, makes her more relaxed. If her man is growing in status, that means he's growing respect with other people, that that makes him more desirable. So So 
are you saying that you're not noticing a correlation when guys are providing and gaining status with the attraction level with the woman? To a certain point, if you're going to date a lot of women, yeah, a lot of women are going to go with a guy who has a lot to offer. They're mm-hmm. going to try and hook them. They're mm-hmm. going to give them a lot of sex. They're going to be really look good. They're going to go to the gym. They're going to be at their finest. But the minute they start feeling like they are with you, they're exclusive, and then your status and money may start making them feel more threatened, more possessive, because now they're the lifestyle that you come with, they value as much as you. Mm. And I think that's the problem with people who build their identity off men, especially status and fame. It's going to be hard to find a woman who really loves you for you. And if you do, even if you do, you may toss her aside because you don't realize you, you have this, you start getting this crazy thinking that I can get anybody, Hmm. but you forget the essence, the soul side of her. Hmm. And you can't find that in everybody. In fact, finding someone you soul, like you soul agree with that spiritually the two of you are close spirituality is a high level of intimacy and if you have someone in your life that all the other things were were good but the soul connection was so good then i would say i would take that connection because more than sex well i think what happens for a lot of men they value the sex so much they say it's so important but out of all of the forms of intimacy that's the least stable Mm. because you're going to go through life. And when you have a kid, you're going to change. Your partner's going to change. For one thing, you're going to be so tired. You, you might get an erection, but you wouldn't be able to use it. I'm going to use it. You know, (laughs) you're going to be up with that baby too. I mean, I think men just forget that the stages of life are going to really change them as well as their partner. So out of all forms of intimacy, sex is important. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of ways to have sex. And it's not just intercourse. So a lot of my work is teaching people how to have sex in other ways. So that they, like there's tantric loving where you just look at each other in, in your eyes and you kiss. And kissing can bring you to orgasm, especially if you're really into the person. And women love that. <laughs> So I'm sorry. I, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, just staring into somebody's eyes like. Well, that. it's you're, because you're holding their hands, mm. and you're as you really look into someone's eyes and you soften yours, you will start changing. I'm gonna just try. It that changes brain chemistry. Well, your partner has to be with you, and it's not about blinking, not blinking, or anything like that. It's just the more you soften your eyes, you really the connection changes. I've done it with my husband. Okay. You liked it? Oh, I, I think he loved it more than I did. It was fantastic. I felt you get really close to the person. Mm. I don't know how else to say it. There's a reason for all these other things that the windows are the soles of the eyes. And I, you know, mm. I believe it. I ain't married you. I don't give him a heart attack. You got to try it. Yeah. Yeah. So something... So a lot of our um, audience are single guys. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest challenges that I feel like a lot of single guys are struggling with nowadays is is finding women 
who um, desire them, who also respect them, and who you know are interested in actually building relationships. Because a lot of women are in career mode, building their empires, you know, mm-hmm. boss status, up, all that stuff. So, have you received clients? Like that, young men who are struggling with dating and meeting women, and what what is some advice you give guys like that? Well, I personally think it's really hard for guys. I think it's harder for guys than it is for women. Really, I really do. Mary, because, so you always have one of these. Jazz. No, I really ahead. do because Thanks. I think women basically need to say yes, and I think they guys. Just stop talking. Well, no, not that. But <laughs> but women are the gatekeepers, right? Mm-hmm. We say yes or no. And guys have to do a lot of the work. And I think that men get confused. Like they see men are unfortunately so in tune with how people look and the the physical part that they oftentimes can't. And they're very focused. Um, testosterone makes you very focused. And so you don't see the subtle things going on. I might be able to be with a guy when he dates someone or when he meets someone. And I bet if we sit in the car after and talked about it, what the things I saw, he would, they would blow past him mm. because he's blinded. And so what happens is when they're looking, they say, I want someone to respect me. I want someone to treat me right. I want someone who I can do things with and communicate with, they're forgetting that that all happened within the first 15 minutes of the day. Really? You see it. Mm-hmm. So what do you see, Mary Jo? Well, I mean, what I see usually is I see how she is with him, how the questions she asks him, how she looks at him, and just the way she responds to mm-hmm. what he what he wants. I watch her as he comes in, like what she's looking at, and if I bet if I were to talk with her after, I would I would be able to see if he was really someone she'd want to be with again or not. Most of the movies are showing women sitting home waiting for that call because women have been conditioned like that or waiting for that text. I hope he calls back. I really like him. But women are so afraid of losing them. They're so afraid of scaring him. How we started that, mm. I don't know. And um, and so they hold back. And it's that holding back that already puts the relationship. He can feel it. Mm. He actually can feel the distance. But it's it's not meant for him. It's meant to... It's meant not to scare him and ask for more than he would be willing to give. Hmm. So when men say, I want a woman who values me, who respects me, who wants to have sex with me, I don't really know if I believe that. Really? Why do you say that? Because I think those things all have big conditions. I want her to respect me, but I don't want her to expect me to be around all the time. I want her to be to really desire me, but I'm not ready to commit to her exclusively. Um, I want her to love being around me, but I don't want to take care of her. And those things are all subtle, but they come through. And she's, she feels them. Women are a lot more intuitive than guys. It's our estrogen. It's wired that way. And I think some women are just, like, really powerful with that. So men struggle with dating because they cannot pick up the dating cues that women are projecting, saying they like him or don't like him. 
then also the things that they want and they desire, they don't know what they're truly asking for. So when they get it, it's too much, and they're like, oh, my God, I didn't want this in the first place. Yeah. So that's why they struggle with it. Yeah, I think guys are always, from, from the way they're raised, they're always worried about making a mistake. And because they, they're into variety, and when they have someone, something in the back of their mind goes, is this the best I can do? She looks pretty good. And they start playing that dichotomy back and forth. And it starts changing the way they behave toward her. And she picks that up. Mm. Yeah, those, those subtle cues are a great point because, like like, like you said, I, I've noticed that a lot of guys, they struggle with understanding these things. I always say, if you, if you really boil down a lot of relationship problems, in my personal opinion, a lot of people struggle with choosing the right person. Because, like you said, so many guys, because we're so visually stimulated, yes. we see a woman... And I think, I forgot what it was called, but it's like this, like, uh, this halo effect. Yeah. Where you see her and she's attractive, and now you think she's an amazing person. So throughout the whole entire day, you're just seeing all the amazing, great things about her, but you're not seeing, like you said, that, you know, she's not asking you any questions. You're not seeing that she's short with your responses. You're not seeing that her she's going to her phone every 10 minutes, you know? So these guys are not picking up these social, subtle clues that's communicating that this woman doesn't desire them as much. That's right. And I, I think because... Of their because of their focus, their their main mission. You know, guys will get a focus, and then no matter what else happens, it goes over their head. They're thinking, "Can I sleep with her?" Mm-hmm. And that clouds out everything. And she knows that mm. because she can feel it. Mm. And so it might not. He might have been a great. I hear more women that tell me he was a great guy, but like. I just knew what he wanted. Mm. And and then it's just like, you know, they might have sex with him, but they're never going to give men what the men I've seen in therapy really want. They want to be desired. Mm. It's the biggest turn on. Yeah. It's the biggest turn on for women, too. But women, as much as that turn on, women want to know you can keep them safe. Mm. And I think the safety and protective... Um, qualities are what's really holding back young men right now mm. no that's that's, that's because great. i don't think young men really feel safe in themselves mm, i don't yeah. think men feel like they can protect themselves mm. no i agree with you a hundred thousand percent i i created a, a course called 10 steps to healthy manhood uh-huh. for that reason because i realized that a lot of men they lack confidence because they act they lack the skills of even caring for themselves you right know? so if you can't care for yourself build your own life create your own stability for your own self how can a woman feel like you can do that for her if you can't do that for your own self right i think that i think mothers created some of that and mm. i hate to be hard ahead, on Mary mothers Bell. But I think what's happened is if you, if you have a son and you do everything for yes, him yes. And, and when he's upset, you're like, oh, poor baby, so that, you know, you just kind of close. Or if they get angry and they want to punch something, you're like, oh, you better not do that. Or their dad comes home, you're angry, I'll give you something to be angry about. And they, get, they make men feel like you are only a worthy man if you stuff this, mm-hmm. if you stuff this emotion. And they stuff it because they want to, they love their parents. They want to be okay with their parents. And so you have a man who really is, when we say, well, men aren't emotionally mature, they didn't come out of the womb that way. They came out 
you know, programmed just like women. Mm. Women are nurtured for that. We haven't nurtured men. And I hear more women or we haven't encouraged men to own their emotion. And, you know, if you look at birth control, that's a perfect example. Women are responsible for always having birth control. Some guys are responsible. And we just go, oh, my God, he was even so responsible. He had a condom. Woo-hoo. <laughs> like every man should carry a condom and every man should insist on putting it on, whether or not his the woman he's with wants him to or not. And she should have protection. But because we've enabled that kind of you know, behavior, that this was a woman's body in a woman's area. Well, it is until the woman decides she doesn't want to have the baby. And then other men are telling her, you got to have the baby. you got to have the baby. That's shameful. Mm-hmm. Go to hell if you don't have the baby. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just see all these things that, that his, the past has screwed up men today. Yeah. And so I think you and I and Chris, I know, was there. We, I know the three of us were. We talked about self-awareness yeah. and how important it is. Because if men aren't aware right now, they're going to fall into those old stupid traps of what, what people say. And so when I say a man needs to own himself, he needs to move away from that and say, you know, those tapes weren't really healthy. Like, my parents loved me, but what they did wasn't really fair. Mm. I should be helping with the dishes. I should do my percentage of the chores. But I should expect her to, too. And I should own my half of this relationship, but she has to own her half, too. Mm. She's not a goddess. She's not a princess. Amen. I'm going to treat her well. I'm going to treat her like she's my prince, like my love, my princess, because, and she's going to treat me like an honorable person that she wants to serve and care for, just as I'm going to serve and care for her. I love that point because the first thing that I'm, I'm, I got from that is as a man, you have to take responsibility for your own life and you need to treat yourself with yes. dignity, respect, value, and worth. And as you're treating yourself with dignity, respect, value, and worth, you have to demand that other people treat you the same way. And if they don't treat you that way, they cannot be in your life because that's you setting up healthy boundaries. Saying that's that to be right. Here, you have to be, um, you have to live your life accordingly. And so something else that I thought about and I want to talk to you mm-hmm. about was during the, our very first episode mm. when we recorded, you, you said something that was really interesting. And you advised us, and you said, don't get into too many relationships. Because if you get into too many relationships, what you notice is that the divorce rates increase the more you're constantly breaking up and starting over and breaking up and starting over. So last year when Chris and I were on tour and we, we were meeting so many different women from around the country, what we saw was that so many women could no longer enter into relationships anymore because it's kind of like they've been relationshiped out. You know, and Chris describes relationships as like mini marriages where when they end now, all of a sudden they're emotionally defeated, they're broken and they and they have and they can't even do it again. Have you seen this occur in your practices and how do you see uh, multiple breakups and relationships ending? How do you have you seen that affect women in your personal experience? Well, you know, I I love this topic because women in general and men, but. When we go through a breakup, nobody breaks up without getting beat up a little bit. And I don't mean beat up bruised. I mean metaphorically, you, you're you bruised inside. Like basically, you feel bad about yourself. Your self-esteem goes down. You start believing some of the stuff they said. Maybe you 
Maybe you start feeling guilty. You didn't do enough. And so what ends up happening, that's the first stage. And that's kind of protect your ego. The more, the longer they're gone, you start evaluating and you start thinking, you know, they had a part of this too. And that's when you start looking at things they used to say and then how you responded. And then you start feeling like I was an idiot. Like, I should have called this off a long time ago. This is terrible. So then you automatically go through this thing where where hurt turns to hate, right? Mm. Like you start, part of your moving past it is owning the hurt. Now you're feeling the hurt. And rather than you just realizing, okay, I just got to grieve this. Like, I, it's a good thing to feel. I'm going to move through the feeling. I'm not going to deny it. You You project that onto them. And then you project it onto that person. But then before, if, you're, if you've been dating a lot, you start seeing that pattern of a lot of men. And then you tell yourself, all men do this. Mm. This is just their, their MO. Like they just want to get with you, they want to screw you, and then they want to leave. And there's a lot of women who become so crusted mm. that after you know they've gone through several breakups one breakup actually helps your heart build stronger it's like scar tissue it kind of breaks it apart makes it bigger and that scar tissue makes it stronger and you learn things about yourself and you kind of grow through so you can identify it in a new relationship but if you've been multiple dating then i think it's more dangerous because you end up cat you end up stereotyping yeah. a whole sex as this one or two people that hurt you Mm. and you get a crust and that crust is really hard because anybody any man dating her can feel it like she just won't let me me in or she's testing me Mm -hmm. and the worst thing for a guy is to feel tested Mm. so how can women break that crust i think the main thing they well i think it takes time i i think the more Um, integrity the guy they're dating has it helps I think time helps I think the idea that that they're not that same person and they're not in that situation and owning the parts of it that were their part their responsibility because if you if you project that onto somebody else then they're they're all flawed and you're a victim Mm -hmm. and being a victim is never a good thing so you basically want to make it so that you have control of changing some of the things you do. I like to see if women get more assertive. But a lot of times when women get assertive, they mistake assertion for aggression. Yes. And they get aggressive. Mm-hmm. And that's more because a pendulum is swung so far. Yes. And they, they don't understand, okay, now you're being actively aggressive. You're yes. just going to have to go back a little bit more to the middle. Because they don't believe anybody will protect them. Mm. The most aggressive women are either not with anybody or they're with a, a guy who does not take care of them, mm. emotionally or physically. No. He's, he's basically baggage on their sofa. Mm. They're the most aggressive. Wow. Wowzers. Yeah. yeah. So, man, it's just there's so much unpacked with what you what you communicated because – no, I, I've I've seen that trend con- con- consistently, mm-hmm. and and I and I call it. It's like you're right. I definitely do agree. The first uh, first breakup usually happens 
18, 19, 20, you know, young adult years. Yes. Where, you know, the woman, she can rationalize, okay, you know, I picked the wrong guy, I was young, I didn't know what was going on, you know, it was a fling. Usually those are the most amicable splits of all. But what I've noticed is always the second one. And the second one's when they're older and they, and they feel like this guy is it and they feel like they're going to end up together. And then when that ends, like you said, then the cynicism towards men as a whole develops. And not only do the cynicism with men as a whole develop, but then the walls, like you described, get built. And and now I see so many guys, especially in the late 20s and early 30s, who are trying to get married. They encounter so many women who have been living with this baggage and this hurt and this masculine energy mm-hmm. for years. And like you said, the, the women want them to win them over. Prove to me you're not like everybody other guy. You make one mistake. Oh, you're just like, like who I thought you were. And so a lot of men have been so discouraged because they see so many women who've been through these breakups and these hardships and their hearts have been calloused for mm-hmm. love. Yeah, they, they've got a really hard crust around them. And I, you know, I would like to say it just takes one person to break that. But I think the breaking the breaking down of the wall is an is a personal one. Yes. They women have to quit expecting men to be different. They have to own that hurt. They have to walk through it. They have to go to a griefshare.org group and grieve grieve the feelings. But they basically the only way they'll be able to go forward is if they can forgive themselves. I think what happens with a breakup in relationships are so much, so important to women. I don't know if they're more important to women than men, but women are groomed from them from yeah. the time they're small. And so when when it was someone she trusted who broke up with her, it's she the person that it broke the trust the most was her mm. because I think that's what shatters her is that it wasn't, she could have accepted the guy was fallible, but when she found out she was fallible at even picking them, mm. they she has a hard time rectifying that or making a peace with that. So rather than her working on that, she pushes that. And mm. she goes, I know, I'm, I'm going to take care of myself by never being around a man again. Mm. And then one man comes in. And he's different. He's different enough. So he should feel good about that. He's different enough and shows her something that she wants to. But she's still going to test him. Yes. And she's still going to put him through um, some hoops. Yeah, hoops. So, yeah. So the guy in that case, he has to takes a really special kind of guy, I guess. Just leave, because, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't going to do it. I'm not gonna put, don't put me through I don't know. Wall, he might like that on Sunday, you know, whatever she does on Sunday. He hey, might like uh, it. She might like it, but Monday through Saturday, I don't yeah. like that. <laughs> I, I think when people know, too, if she's able to be vulnerable, somehow when you know your partner's vulnerabilities and what hurt them, yeah. you can sometimes endure it. You know, they're better than me because 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 <laughs> what I because honestly, what I've noticed is that and I'm curious to your, your experiences. What I've noticed is that women are really the modern woman is really skilled at physical tasks that mm-hmm. men, men were good at. So getting jobs, getting degrees, building businesses, anything that requires non-emotional skills where you can just shut your 
yep. feelings off and just do and get into that male robot mode. Women, school, whatever it is, they kill it. Mm-hmm. But what I've always noticed is that whenever women reach out about emotional things, and I'm like, okay, go to counseling or read this book or do this assignment when it regards when it um, requires emotional work, that is where a lot of women stop and mm-hmm. they don't put in the work. But the guys, if a guy is coming to me at that point, he's more open to doing the emotional work and more willing than women. Have you seen a difference between men and women when it comes to doing emotional work? Have you seen that men are more willing to do it than women? Well, I have seen it with with when I give them homework in yeah. my office. The guy, I'll say, now you guys go home, work this out, and then you make an appointment after you're done, when you're ready for another session. The guy will come back, his homework's done. Mm-hmm. The woman has a million excuses mm. why she didn't do it. And a lot of times it's she's busy with stuff, but it just shows me what what at that point it shows me is that for some reason he has more to lose if this relationship doesn't work. And I think many times in a relationship she's already checked out okay. because he didn't give her what she needed. Yeah. So what about in regards to single women? So when single women come up to you and single men come up to you about their issues, do you find a difference between who does their homework and who doesn't? That, I have to say that it's pretty it's pretty balanced. Okay. Women will usually, because single women that come to see me are really wanting to change something. Okay. They identify a flaw. Yeah. And the guys do too. Although if the guys have a sexual dysfunction, they're less likely to want to work on it emotionally. And it's part of the way their brain is thinking, this is feminine, mm-hmm. and if I just take a pill or I can get an injection, oh, that's injection. more masculine. What, that's, kind of, what, what, what do you mean by injection? Like if you, if you have an erectile dysfunction, oh, you, okay. can get an erect, you can get an injection. You can just give your shot an injection every day, your penis an injection wow. every day. Wow, interesting. My and many, many people do. Many men do so mm. that they can have sex. Wow. They just And they do it themselves. They get lear- they learn have to learn how and then they do it themselves. Woo. Yeah. Uh, back to the top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh that hurts. Yeah. Yeah, it hurts. I I would think it would hurt, but they say it's not bad. Yeah. So what <laughs> what are some of the things that you recommend to women who have these walls up? Because like you said, yeah, there might be a special guy who in my opinion is just wants to save all the women in the world who wants to climb her, the Great Wall of China, but most guys wouldn't want to do that. So what do you rec- what do you recommend to women who have these giant walls to do to be able to pull these walls down and be open to love once again? Well, I, once again, I have a lot of faith in women rebuilding their self-esteem, and that happens when they get clear about themselves, when they you know, are self-aware when they journal, when they go to a therapist, when they find out their strengths and weaknesses, and they start rebuilding their own life. A lot of women that I work with are looking for a way to avoid um, fixing their own life. Mm. They want a person, a man, to fix it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of women that get with men so that they'll be taken care of. Mm. And I see that every day. For some reason they feel inadequate or unable to care for themselves. And guys feel that. 
And if a guy feels like, okay, I'm taking care of her, and because the woman doesn't isn't good about communicating exactly what that care would look like, the guy assumes what his parents have taught him or his other friends. It's money. It's money. you got to be a provider. And the money does help, but it's not enough. Mm. So I think it's more about the woman taking action to get herself back in shape, I'm a big believer yes. in physical yes. exercise, yes, in eating right. If you don't have any, if you're low on funds, don't go to a therapist. Go to a nutritionist mm. and clean out your closet, your pantry, and start eating healthy. If you don't have access to a gym, go for a 30-minute walk every day. It's what you're putting in your body. Stay away from toxic people mm. and toxic crap on social media you don't need it you already have the toxic inside you you're supposed to be getting that out mm. you listen so, to these toxic podcasts um, <laughs> no i mean it's, it's just like all this face you know they've done studies on depression and they found that the the worst culprit is facebook and honestly if i were out dating i would not date anyone who spent more than two seconds taking a photo of themselves if they spent even and one sixteenth of my date taking photos, I I would not go back with them. Mm. I think it's so crippling to a true communication and true relationship. Well, that's a bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, what are some um, what are some signs that? Because I think one of the challenges that I, I I look at for some of these women who um, they're just not even aware yeah. that they have these walls up. They're not even aware that this past relationship has now made them so cynical towards men. What are some signs of a, of women, a single woman when they come into your office that when you hear them talk and they hear them share these stories that you can see, oh, you clearly have signs of and you clearly have not healed from your past hurt? I think whenever I hear about... Um blame any kind of blaming any kind of generalizing like to a particular sex or and i watch the way they treat themselves many of them are really hard on themselves they um they don't take care of themselves they keep saying they don't have time they're victimized they mm. feel like a victim a lot of times those are some of the things i think about i i would be suspicious if i were a guy and i met up with a woman who spent more than two sentences talking about her ex? What an what a butthead he was! I I'm telling you right now that is the most classic sign, because they haven't let go, they haven't moved on, and that person is still responsible. So there's that tells me they're still not able to take responsibility for what happened, and you can't move out of a out of a rut until you start taking responsibility. Mm. I think that's a big turnoff anyway. Yes, if I indeed. hear anybody tell me how crazy their ex was, I usually just, yeah, I, I lose respect. Like, if you loved them, if you shared a bed with them, then, and, and they're crazy now, then that means you haven't dealt with the hurt. Yes, yes. No, that, that's, a, that's a big one, that's because cool. I remember I was reading a New York Times article about single motherhood, Mm-hmm. And this woman described her um, ex-boyfriend. She said, I, the reason why I broke up with him because I had to take care of two children, our son and him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if he was a child and you 
procreated with a child. You live with a yeah. child. What does that say about you? And so I love that point about accountability because mm-hmm. I feel as though that's something that I one of my um, things that I use to evaluate a girl. Like when I when I I want to hear the narrative that she believes in her head. Mm-hmm. If the narrative is always men are the problem, this guy's a problem, president's a problem, this person's a problem, when it's always the whole outside world's a problem, something always rings in my head. But if she's able to see like, okay, well, this happened because I made this decision or I allowed this person into my life or I did this, I, I see it as a great sign that this person is responsible and willing to grow as we grow in the relationship. Not only that, Hafiz, you've identified the main way that that person is going to fix issues that come up between the two of you. Mm, that's good. So that person is not going to be a blamer. When something happens that the two of you are in conflict, that person is going to step up and say, well, this I see, I see where I could change this part of my thinking. And that's really what being in a relationship with someone that you really love is all about. When two people come together and say, okay, I hear what you're saying and I think I could, I understand this and I could change my thinking to this, but yet this value is is still playing out in my head and I feel like we're exploiting this important value that we've always shared together, you know? So, um, and couples negotiate that stuff. People that, that put a wall up and are also very similar to people who stop having sex, who stop, who start using different forms of love as weapons. I think those people have something in line. Like I think it's all correlated in that their mindset, they're, they're not in a growth mindset. Mm. So one of the important things I look for if I were dating is how flexible is this person's mind? Mm. How is this person um, uh, think is this person's thinking one that's going to continue to grow? Do they have a growth mindset when they see a problem? Do they get stuck in it and blame or are they able to step back and go, "Hmm, how what would be the best for you and I in this situation?" Cuz that's really what you're looking for. Mm. You're looking for someone on your side. That's where all the cardiovascular and all the health benefits come from a healthy relationship Mm. is that it's another person who wants the two of you to succeed that's really good so before we move on to the patreon conversation um one last thing and then we'll move on to the final topic um so a lot of guys like i said they struggle with picking the right women they Mm -hmm. struggle with going on dates and like you said you have your your super hero so you can see all these things but what are five things that a man should look look for before he decide, decides to commit and be serious with a woman, in your opinion? Um, my first one is how much she um, how much she looks in a mirror, a window, or like is nervous about her face. Mm. That's the first one. Why? Um, because that's showing me that her she's placing your rejection. Out, she's replacing her power outside herself. Mm. So I trust her less. Mm. Because if she's, if she's expecting others to approve of her before she's okay, mm. then she's not going to make strong boundaries. Wow. Secondly is what she does and how committed she is to it. So if she says, yeah, I got to get up early for work tomorrow, I want to see, 
I want to see her reference that a little bit, like when she leaves, or you know, I want to see some kind of a follow through with that. And is she talking the talk and really following that, or is she just making an excuse? Mm. I want to see how she asks you questions. Um, I want to see how she answers questions. Is it yes, nor yes, no? And if you do say, what do you mean by that? Is it a person who goes, oh, I don't know, I just is vague and blows it off. Mm. And I want to make sure that um, this is a really important one to me. I want her to love both her parents. Mm, 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 mm. Or you're going to have lots of issues. Oh, boy, yeah. you just canceled 95% of women in the world, Mary Jo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want her to really love her parents and mm. respect them. And lastly, I want to know, um, I want to know like who she likes as an author or who, she, who, what theories she follows. Like, if maybe some people are really faithful, they'll mm-hmm. even mention it. I want to know what she believes, how long she's believed. Is this a religion handed on to her, or is this discovery hers? Mm. And what does she value about it? I love it. Those would be my, those are for guys. I I think those are really important. And most guys are never going to ask that. They need like a cheat sheet. They need to listen to this. Okay, here's your sheet. (laughs) I think those things are going to identify the type of person they're with. That's awesome. So we're about to go to Patreon where Mary Jo is going to teach us a little bit about why she believes and has experienced women cheating more than men. But before we leave, Mary Jo, um, you have a YouTube channel. You have your Instagram. Can you please um, let the guys know and the women know where they can find you at? I would love to. My YouTube is um, Reaction Reset. And I on that page, you can please subscribe. And you can. there's also homework. It's like relationship hacks, and you can download them for $1.99. And the idea is you will not only download them for austerity, but you will work on them and complete <laughs> them and share them with the person you love. And, make you know, I would really encourage you to see what, you know, share your answers because I think there's a lot of hope in that. And the other thing is my Instagram page, and that's at Mary Jo Rapini. And I do livers on there sometimes. I always try to pick a topic that I think is going to help relationships. And um, I have a website. It's my name, MaryJoRapini.com. But, yes. you know, and that tells you everything. Yes, yes, guys. Make sure you follow Mary Jo on YouTube, Instagram. Go check out her website. We're about to go to Patreon. I want to learn about this cheating. <laughs> uh, my name is Hafiz. Chris is the show, baby. We're joined by Mary Jo. And we're about to head to Patreon. So hopefully see you guys there. And all right, Mary Jo, okay. last segment. I'm going to sick of these women. <laughs> <laughs> They're cheaters. They're liars. Hey, the same as with.